Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of Movies. My name is Colin. I am the C. With me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. I was I actually uh, was in Bristol uh, this weekend. Oh, yeah? I saw a production of Romeo and Juliet. How was it? Uh, it was nice until the rain came and pretty what? much wiped out the entire production. Uh, it was outside. Production. Yes. It's <laughs> very sad. Yeah. It, it, it was... Um, I got to the point where... Uh, Juliet was in tears because Romeo killed Tybalt. That's yeah. That's still got quite quite a long way to go after that, haven't you? <laughs> I know, I know. The the rain clearly um uh didn't want me to see the ending, which I assume that they live happily ever after, right? Yeah, no, they're yeah. fine. Yeah, I think I think everything works out. Actually, I think in the um in the ballet, possibly in Prokofiev's ballet, I think they changed the ending so that everything worked out fine. Mm, yeah, so. The same also in, in Taylor Swift's song Love Story, which is loosely based around Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I, uh, everything pans out fine for them as that well. It's very loosely based <laughs> on Romeo and Juliet. Uh, I mean, he's called Juliet. Well, she's called Juliet. He's called Romeo. There's also mention of Scarlet Letter at some point. Now, Zijan, I don't like you anymore, and I think we should uh, we should stop doing this podcast. Uh, okay, okay, we, we clearly didn't plan this. <laughs> you should have told me this before we started this podcast. Then, then I could I'm sorry, had- I'm sorry, I didn't mean to fall out. Speaking of which, Mission Impossible Fallout is today's topic. That's that's what I've been working on all fortnight, that little bit. Wow. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, well, given that it t- t- took you two weeks, I, I think I need to show <laughs> some appreciation. Yep. So, Yay. Anyway, Mission Impossible 6 is what we're talking about. We're also talking about um, the films of Simon Pegg. We've got a quiz on 21st century live-action musicals. In fact, not uh, 2010s live-action musicals. Yes, you finally shot in that, Colin. And much, much more. <laughs> Although, um, I must admit, when I was doing writing the quiz, I had forgotten it was just this decade. So I had to go and rewrite the quiz because I've written a bunch of questions about ones from the noughties. Awesome. But we start, as we always do, Zijan, with the news. Uh, yeah, so the San Diego Comic Con happened last weekend. It did. Were you there? Uh, in spirit. Okay. As I always am. Yeah. If anyone wants to pay for us to go to San Diego, to uh, to the Comic Con, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> we will, we will, we're not too proud to accept that. No, no, definitely not. I'm happy to grovel. So what happened at San Diego Comic Con? Uh, well, the big names weren't there this year. Marvel skipped um, the San Diego Comic Con this year, which yeah. is new. No, no one from Disney at all. No one from yeah, nothing at all. But we got a bunch of trailers. They do that stuff at D twenty three these days, don't they? What was D twenty three? Can you enlighten isn't me? D, isn't uh, D twenty three the Disney equivalent of San, of Comic Con? Is it? Oh, so maybe. So they, I think they. I'm not sure whether they've completely stopped going to Comic Con. Probably not. But um, they do their big announcements there, I think. Mm, okay. Anyway, you're right. We've got some trailers. Lots of trailers from DC. We've got the latest trailer for both from Aquaman and the new Shazam. Which I was quite surprised. I didn't know Shazam was still going on. But it clearly <laughs> was. Finger on the pulse. <laughs> totally good. Uh, yeah, so what do you think? Uh, so, shall we... Uh, let's start with the Shazam one first. Shazam. Uh, it tells about uh, a little boy who, when he says the word Shazam, turns into basically like a Superman kind of superhero, who is played by Zachary, uh, Zachary Levi. Levi of Chuck fame. Chuck and fame. of uh, Thor the Dark World, and very, very briefly, uh, Thor Ragnarok fame. <laughs> he got spoilers for that. He gets killed like his, in his first five seconds on screen. Or something. Quite quickly, yeah. Uh, I... <laughs> the only thing I remember from it very clearly is that I really didn't like the costume <laughs> of Shazam. And Shazam. No, the, so yeah, it's supposed to be kind of a kid's idea of what a superhero would be, I guess. But yeah, the costume looks really—I mean, it looks really bulky. It looks very padded, like yeah. He- and maybe that's going to be an in-universe explanation. But it, it doesn't feel anything like the other DC films, does it? No. It's a lot, lot brighter. Um, it seems to be a lot, kind of more comedy. Uh, I like Zachary Levi. I, 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 I see. I feel like he's more of a TV actor than a film actor. I mean, obviously, headlined Chuck for five or six seasons, which is a good show. Yeah, enjoy Chuck. But I, I wonder if that'll translate to the big screen. It's like when I saw Zach Braff in *All the Great and Powerful*. I thought this is very much TV comedy he's doing here. But, mm. yeah, it. Could, is it? I mean, of the of the trailers that came out, this list. Well, I thought it looked better than some. 
Okay, which one didn't you like? Oh, shall we go to Aquaman first? Let's go Aquaman. So Aquaman's the one I didn't like, actually. Um, so it feels very... It reminds me of Green Lantern, actually, um, which is not a good thing. So you've got all the these different CGI sea creatures and weird and wonderful uh, geysers, and it felt kind of not very... Yeah, it felt very CGI heavy, which I guess it has to be. It's one of those things, though, isn't it, when you're trying to do a film which is primarily set underwater. Yeah. But I think he was good kind of comic relief in Justice League, but I don't know whether a film... All right, I mean, Amber Heard didn't look too great to me. It looked very kind of a... Uh, just quite like a um, cosplay type thing, very bright, big wig and uh, and her weird green outfit. I don't know. I, I had high hopes for this one compared to others, but... Uh, it's coming out later this year happening. as well, anyway. Yeah, December, isn't it? Did mm. you like it? No, yeah, I thought it was okay. Um... It followed more of the same template that DC had. Yeah. To be fair, um, <laughs> everything was kind of grim. Because that was one of the most awkward bits of Justice League was the kind of bit where he just went underwater to talk to Amber Heard for a bit. <laughs> just to shoehorn her in. Yeah. Hey, look, there's Mira. Look what's going to happen in the next film. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. It's quite late for the. I mean, because I was saying Justice League trailer came out. Well, the first trailer came out. I think eighteen months before the film, and this is. Which is crazy. I mean, this is, what, five months before the film? Which is probably fairly standard, actually, nothing about it. But, um, we got another Fantastic Beasts trailer. Yeah, and apparently um, I heard that Johnny Depp showed up for the panel as well. Uh, apparently he did. In, dressed in as, Grin- as, yeah, as Grindelwald. Yeah. Or Grindelwald, it's probably... Is. Yeah, this one. This is my favourite of the trailers. I mean, it's not the first week. We've already seen a trailer for this, but I think this yeah, this gives me a lot of hope. It looks like they're continuing it, the story well. We've got a mm. good... I'm glad it's still Newt headlining it. Um, obviously, there's going to be a fair bit of Dumbledore in this. Yeah, I, I kind of I like the way they're playing into mythology without saying right now everything's back in Hogwarts and it's Harry Potter again. At least I hope they're not going to do that. There are hints of that, I suppose. Well, it's just going through um, uh, Newt's younger days, right? The, the first yeah. scene was him basically um, casting the ridiculous spell with uh, Dumbledore as the defense against the Dark Arts yeah. teacher. And the kid, the, like I said, the kid there playing, playing Eddie Redmayne. He looks like Eddie Redmayne. Just like him. I, yeah, I was I very impressed by that. And even his mannerism <laughs> stuff. Like yeah, I know. It's very, very, very eerie. <laughs> uh, Nicholas but, Flamel made an appearance in the trailer as well. Yeah. Although apparently Nicolas Flamel. Is that really? Which, uh, which um, like, a silent S, uh, according to the trailer. It's like Voldemort. We've all been saying Voldemort wrong for years. <laughs> well, for uh, those who do not know who Nicholas Flamel is... He is uh, briefly mentioned in the very first book of Harry Potter. Mm. He's the creator of the Philosopher's Stone, the one that grants eternal life. So he yeah, lives forever. Mm. So that's fun, the way they're playing into that. I, there wasn't much... There's a bit of... Um, was it Joseph? I forgot his mate. Is it Joe? Kowalski? Kowalski? The, 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 the nomad. The nomad. Yeah, we saw a bit of him. We didn't. We saw barely anything of Tina. Um, or was it Queenie? Or something? Oh, that's a shame, though. They were my favorite couple. I know you like. Uh... <laughs> I like T- I like Tina and, and yeah, Catherine Parkinson. Not Catherine Parkinson. Catherine Waterston. So I'm hoping we'll see more of them in the actual film. I'm not going to sideline them. Oh. But yeah, Johnny Depp. Everyone hates Johnny Depp now, don't they? Uh... Well, yeah. So <laughs> um, we also had a Godzilla King of the Monsters or something like that trailer with um, uh, the Stranger Things. Oh, what's her name? Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. Um, acting in it, and it's which is her first feature film as well, isn't it? I think so. Hmm. Yeah, the trailer was quite good, but I, I didn't, I never saw Godzilla, so I don't think I'm gonna watch this. But um, I don't. Is it set just afterwards? Is that the idea? Because none of the cast from the the previous Godzilla seemed to be there, as far as I can tell. The only cast I remember from the previous Godzilla was Matthew Broderick. Yeah, not that one. Uh, <laughs> was you, it the one after? Oh yes, <laughs> the one with. Uh, well, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson was in Aaron wasn't Taylor he? Johnson, yeah. Was it Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen, I think. Yes, that's right. But there's Charles Dance is in this one, I think, and there's a suggestion that he might be playing Tom Hiddleston's character. Um, internet rumor. So who knows? But yeah, the trailer's done quite nicely. I had uh, Claire de Lune was in the background. It was, mm. uh, anyway, I'm a fan but, of Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things. Uh, Stranger Things is a great show, and she is a great actress in that. So hopefully, uh, it doesn't just stop there for her. Uh, yeah, I'm sure she'll do keep doing things. Oh. But yeah, I'm not. I think God, when they do um, Godzilla versus Kong, which is which is coming, 
I'm quite interested to see that, but I'm not sure I'll watch this one. Um, the only other thing I've got that came out of SDCC was uh, that Riz Ahmed is playing Riot in Venom. Ooh. Tell me about Riot, Zijin. No, I... <laughs> Sometimes I like to surprise you by asking you to... Yeah, I know, I hate it surprises. Comic-Con. These are like the worst surprises. Why can't you give me <laughs> a nice surprise like paying me to go to San Diego Comic Con? Well, I that can tell, I can announce to you now, Zijin. Yes, you are, right, yeah. For next year's San Diego Comic Con, uh-huh, I am uh-huh. paying for you to have a baseball cap. Oh, well, I'll take it. Yeah, for a fucking... <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, got, a to, I've got a year it... to save up. Oh. <laughs> is it Riot with R-I-O-T? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I have no idea who that is. Cool. Well, Riz Ahmed, I think it's becoming him, so it's, it's I think it's basically a Venom-like creature, I think. Really? I could uh, be wrong. I, I know, like, Venom and Carnage, that's the... Alright, maybe. I didn't bother looking it up because I thought you'd know. Mm. It's clearly not a... Well, I could be wrong, but it's not one of the main characters of Spider-Man lore, but who okay. knows. Uh, Riz Ahmed is a, uh, is a very good actor. Mm-hmm. He's great in um, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Uh... Who is right? Venom movie villain and comic backstory explained. Here we go. I'm going to read off this website. Yes, is it Wikipedia? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, he's a symbiote. Oh. Hmm. There you go. Um, other symbiotic warriors serve as agents, the most important of them, and apparently the film's key villain is a symbiote known as Riot. Oh. He moves from host to host, bonding with anyone to find his target. There you go. Okay. Fair enough. Anything else from San Diego? No. That's cool. pretty much it for me. Let's move on to the news then. Or at least other news. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Gunn. Yeah. Gunn has been fired. This was gonna, This was bound to come out, really. This is very sad. It yeah. is. Um, but, I, you know, Disney really had no choice in this. I mean... So for those who don't know, uh, James Gunn is the writer-director of the Guardians of the Galaxy films and was kind of playing a big part in the, the cosmic aspect of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also quite passionately uh, anti-Trump and then spent a long time on Twitter kind of arguing this and various uh, right-wing folk on Twitter dug into his old tweets and found out that he'd made quite a lot of um, pretty bad jokes um, on a range of uh, non-jokeable topics yeah. uh, about a decade ago. So you say Disney had no choice, but I think He's they 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 knew about these already. He's he's apologised for them before, and has clearly changed his his ways over that time. Oh. It, it does feel a little bit like Disney capitulating to, uh, I'd say the mob. It wasn't even a big mob, but they've kind of feel they have to be have to be seen to be doing the right thing rather than yeah. saying, "Well, it's a long time ago. He's apologised. Let's move yeah. on." Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? Though, um, damn as you, damn if you do, damn if you don't. Kind of yeah. Thing. I don't know. It's weird. I think they've the, the people I feel sorry for are all the people who are trying to get Star like the Last Jedi remade or taken out of canon because they've been banging about for ages and Disney's completely ignoring them. <laughs> Whereas these guys kind of got angry at James Gunn for five minutes and suddenly he's gone. So yeah, I, oh, well. I don't know. I think I think Disney have over overplayed this one. I think they could have they could have sat on it. But, um. I wonder who they'll get to replace him though. Yeah, the, I mean, the Guardians have be- a have a very unique style. They do, and and in fact, it looks like all the cast are behind him. I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure, I imagine. Well, I imagine they're all contracted, so they'll have to do it. But um, it's going to be, yeah, as you say, very difficult to pick that up and, and, and do something in the same uh, ilk. Well, Taika Waititi did something similar with his tall Ragnarok. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there has been talk of him being rehired. I suspect that probably won't happen. But, mm. um, but it's difficult to think who could uh, who could take that on. I know. Oh, well. It's a shame. Hmm. Uh, shall I move on to happier news? Yes, please. <laughs> there is going to be Hamilton, the musical. It's rumoured to go to the movies. But not till 2020. Yes. And that is great news. Which isn't that long away. No, not at all. Uh, apparently, I wish the stage production was filmed in 2016. That includes okay. the full original cast of the show. So, maybe they're not doing the film, but just showing that that yeah. Probably, yeah, maybe Production. that makes. Because I know a lot of these things, they don't want to do the film until uh, if it's still huge, because people just won't bother going to see the stage thing. But, mm. I, um, I know it's not a musical, but Agatha Christie's *The Mousetrap*. They sold the film rights a long, long time ago, uh, on the basis that they could only make the film once the play had finished its run. Yep. Which it basically never will. So. <laughs> 
so they've yeah they've not got their money's worth there. But yeah, so I'm a little so 2020 even a couple of years ago seems very early for this to be to be uh, going on unless it is just a live showing. Well, Hamilton has a lot a lot of fans. People, you like it, don't you? I do, I do like it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, yeah, it, it's a great musical. I think everyone should watch it. So I think it'll be good if it goes out to the cinema because it's much cheaper than what the prices um, yeah. they're charging at the theatre these days. Especially for Hamilton, I think it goes about to 200 quid, 300 wow. quid per ticket. Compared to um, £10 to cinema ticket, I yes. think it's, you should definitely watch it at the cinema instead. Yeah, because I, I say I'm not a hip hop fan. A lot of people have told me it's great, but I've not bothered looking at this. Whereas if it comes to the cinemas, I probably would go and see it. So. Mm. Uh, exciting news f- from DC. Um, if you were making a film about the Joker, what would you call it, Zijan? The Joker Origins. Well, they're calling it Joker. I don't know how long they thought about that one. <laughs> Is that news? Uh, that's news, my friend. I'm sure that they is. can pay me lots of money to come up with that three-worded uh, yeah. title. So the Joker origin, which I think is a really bad title, partly because if they're going to have multiple Jokers, which they seem to be doing, surely they want to make it clear that this is not the same as the Jared Leto Joker, where they were talking about... So you'd want to give it a title that's a little bit less on the nose, I thought. Oh. I'd call it something like joking, you know, just a little bit, twist it a little bit. <laughs> Anyway, Joker is always been called, and uh, Robert De Niro and Zazy Beats are both going to be in it. I think either going to be or possibly in talks for it. Mm-hmm. So De Niro, it's, it's interesting because obviously it's um, I say obviously it's being produced by Martin Scorsese, mm-hmm. so it's not necessarily surprising to see De Niro in it. And De Niro doesn't necessarily make all good films. No, um, that's that's definitely true. He's made a lot of nonsense, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged. I mean, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix, Robert De Niro, Zazy Beats was was good in uh, Deadpool two. Mm. so why not it's going to be a messed up film it? yeah I, I've got more hope for this one than a lot of them because it feels like yeah, they don't have to tighten the universe and give free reign they've got great yeah, actors behind it give us going to be a, I'm not sure but. give us they're going to do a film about the Joker and basically probably just going through his psyche which is twisted it's, yeah oh yeah it's going to be pretty it's pretty it's, gnarly it's be, it's, I'm it's pretty sure 18 yeah but what are they going to... So there was talk of the Jared Leto spin-off film. What are they going to call that if this one's called Joker? Uh, the Other Joker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, they can take a leaf off your book and just call it Joking. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and yeah, hopefully pay you lots of money to send us both to San Diego Comic Con. Yes, if you're listening, DC, um, sorry about all the stuff we said about your previous films. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, well, can you come... I'm not sorry for that. And, sh- shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and also, can you give me 10 quid so I can get Zijan a baseball cap? Hey! <laughs> right, what else you got? Uh, so, you know, Elizabeth Banks is co-writing and directing the new Charlie's Angels film. Yes. And they've casted it. They have? Who's in it? The new Angels are Naomi Scott, who's going to play Jasmine in live-action Aladdin film, Kristen Stewart, and Ella Belinska. I've never heard of Ella Belinska. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. But I've heard of Kristen Stewart. And apparently Elizabeth Banks is playing... Bosley. Bosley. Which was Bill Murray in the last version. In fact, it was uh, Bernie Mac in the last version, wasn't it? um, Yes, because Bill Murray had issues. He did. Didn't get on with Drew Barrymore, apparently. And Lucy Liu. Oh, was it Liu? Lucy Liu, was it? There you go. Well, okay. Uh, I'll probably watch it, I guess. Yeah. Because I'm sure they'll want to make it in a kind of a... the, The Me Too era... Kind of a feminist manifesto type film. Yeah, okay. Charlie, the, the previous Charlie's Angels, I think, pretended to be a feminist thing. But. That's true. I thought Christian uh, Stewart, I think, is was good in Still Alice. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I've not I'm seen her do any, any action films before. So uh, do you count uh, Snow White and the Huntsman? I guess so. What happens there? I'm sure she has to have. I'm sure there's some kind of. Does she just eat an, so She eats an apple and just faints. Yeah, maybe. That was a big action, big dramatic scene. Yeah, I don't remember. It's not a very good film. I'm a little bit surprised she's come back for this because I know she's kind of trying to move away from obviously the Twilight stuff into more uh, mature kind of stuff, serious dramas. Yeah, and this mm. Chinese Angels. Unless I mean, I can't imagine this is going to be a kind of a, a mature take on it. I mean, what's her name? Naomi. Naomi Scott. Is it the girl? Uh, Naomi Scott. Yes. Yeah, she's just off the back of Power Rangers. <laughs> so, oh yeah, that's true. So yeah, you know, I mean, Elizabeth Banks is. She did Pitch Perfect 2, didn't she? Which was okay-ish. Mm-hmm. Don't know what else she's done. 
Uh, okay, Star Wars uh, Episode Nine cast has been announced. I don't think it's going to be the full cast, but um, not massive surprises. Um, Richard E. Grant is in it, which I'm not sure if we got if we already knew that or not. I got a feeling we might have done. Uh, someone I've never heard of called Naomi Aki. Uh, Carrie Fisher is going to be in it, but it's going to be in scenes that were cut from or filmed but not used for The Force Awakens. Okay, so long as so they're not really trying to. Um, CGI her in no so they went back and forth but uh, they, you know, they, they said a while ago we're not going to CGI her we're not going to get anyone else to play that part because there was briefly a kind of let's get Meryl Streep to play it uh, um, okay wow which would be interesting because they, they look similar-ish and she actually played um, the Karen Fisher character as it were in uh, Postcards from the Edge and they were good friends apparently uh, but I think it's probably the right call it's just I do wonder I don't know how much footage they've got from Force Awakens but obviously, there's going to be nothing that's directly to do with this plot unless they're going to dub it or something. So it's presumably going to have to be a either not speaking or kind of just being in the background or just, yeah, you might get kind of a, a hug or a wave or, a, a, yeah, various looks or something. That's mm. not uh, Mark Hamill has been confirmed to return. Okay. That's so, a ghost. Well, it's going to happen because Luke died in the last one. But yeah, I think we all expect him to be back as a Force Ghost, but that's been confirmed. Uh, Kerry Russell wasn't mentioned. I know that there was talk about her being in it. So uh, I I imagine they're going to be adding quite a few to this list. Um, and yeah, I, I've not meant listed all of them, but basically everyone that you might expect to be back is back. Yep, there you go. But they started filming, apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can tell me all about it when you talk about it with James. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Don't go on holiday again, James. You're probably not listening to this. Um, <laughs> but don't. Because James was surprised to learn that Billy D. Williams was back as Lando, which shows he hasn't been listening to our podcast, Sejan, where we told the world uh, that information. Uh, what's the point? What, 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 what are we even doing this for? I right? know, right? It's just for you, James. Just for you. <laughs> um, there's a film that's coming out, which is. Very, a film coming out? This sounds like it's right up our street. Which is very, very <laughs> loosely. Let me finish, Colin. Okay. <laughs> Based on Home Alone. Oh, yeah. Stoned Alone, isn't it? Yep. Which is casting Ryan Reynolds. Oh, right. Which follows a man who misses the plane for his holiday, of course, and thus finds himself home alone, as you do. He decides to indulge in his substance of choice. Okay. Only to come up against people who have broken into his house. I mean, fair play to them. They're really leaning into it by calling it Stoned Alone. They're not not pretending this is a new concept. (laughs) Um... Ryan Reynolds doesn't generally make good films. Dead, Deadpool aside, this doesn't feel like he's broken the duck here. Uh, I mean, he's very personable. I enjoy him as an actor, but that's not going to be good, is it? Mm, I'll watch it. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, well, you can tell me all about it. Yes. Bryce Dallas Howard is going to be playing Elton John's mother in the uh, in Rocket Man, the Elton John film. Oh. Presumably a young Elton John. Uh-huh. Um, so that's, I like Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, that's good casting. Uh, although I don't know how much of an uh, impact Elton John's mum was in him. Well, so I, I don't know whether... She, so they, they fell out. I don't know. I imagine they're not going to go this far into it because it was only in the last decade or so, but I think or maybe... Yeah, they fell out over some newspaper interview, I think, or something, uh-huh. and then reconciled, and, and she died la- last year, two years ago. Um, so I think they reconciled before that. But I imagine it's just going to be a in the background as he's young. Although Bryce Dallas Howard's quite a big name, so they're going to have to build up a little bit more than that. Mm. Okay. Uh, Emma Thompson will be returning to Man in Black. Mm. She will reprise the role of Agent O in a new movie. I think she's the only one who is coming back, right? Because she was in Man in Black 3. Yes. Was she in 1 and 2? I don't remember. No, I don't think she was. No. She had a very small role in um, uh, I Am Legend. (laughs) She was on the TV saying zombies are taking over or something. That was strange. And that relates to this how? Will Smith. That's how I'm making that link. I do uh, wonder whether they just bumped into each other on set and he's like, or maybe they're filming a man of Act 3 and he's like, oh, I can imagine that years before. Anyway. Cool. Sure. Why not? Mm. Is Rip Torn still alive? No idea. He was in the Men in Black films. Because yes. um, Alice Eve played a young Emma Thompson, didn't she? And yeah. I know we're gonna. I know we're talking uh, Mission Impossible this episode, um, but the the girl in that whose name now escapes me actually, the blonde girl, sounded a lot like a young Emma Thompson. I, I spent some of that time thinking she'd have been a much better young Emma Thompson. Than <laughs> wait, wait, which blonde girl? Uh, the White Widow. I can't, I can't remember. Oh yes, uh, Vanessa Kirby. That's it. I thought she's really like Emma Thompson. 
Um, the DCEU, the, the UNI and the world have been calling the DCEU. Uh, a while ago we discovered that that was not the real name of the, dis- the DC Extended Universe. That was just something that someone made up for a magazine once. But the DC, after... How many films are made? Five? Six? Have finally announced the name of their universe. It's called Worlds of DC. <sighs> okay, let's uh, move <laughs> on now. Yep. What else you got? Uh, nothing. Uh, I've done all my news. Cool, I've got a couple more things. So one of them is just... I don't know... Um, Robert Downey Jr. on Instagram put a picture of himself and Jude Law in their Sherlock Holmes gear uh, from the first film, probably, mm. maybe the second, and said something like, have you missed us? And that's all. But I'm wondering whether that's a hint that the third one might be uh, kicking off, which they've been talking about it ever since the second one, which I, I would be very excited about. That. Uh, uh, finally, uh, Mowgli, the um, the Andy Serkis take on the Jungle Book, yep, which was due to come out in cinemas in October. Yep. Uh, it's apparently now being bumped to next year and is going to be released by Netflix. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think so this is partially due to Jungle Book being it's successful. It's got to be. Yeah. Okay. I do feel really sorry for Andy Serkis because he was working on this years ago before Disney, I think, hmm. were doing theirs and then just got hugely wiped out by that. And now, I mean, Netflix is breaking some big films. So it's not like if this was five years ago or even two years ago, I think, well, that's a real kicking the teeth whereas now it's not quite so bad but well, well if you have to choose a studio to go up against you shouldn't mm. choose Disney <laughs> yeah I mean so the Mowgli trailer came out on ago and I've got to say it didn't look didn't that look great like it no but I'll, now it's on Netflix I'll definitely watch it <laughs> right let's move on to uh, to C or not to Z where we talk about a film we've recently seen and tell you the listener whether you should see it or whether you should not Z it um, I'm going to ask you Zijan have you seen a film uh, I have none Great. Um, <laughs> I saw the film Matchstick Men, uh, Ridley Scott's 2003 film about con men starring Nicolas Cage and Sam Rockwell. Um, I think it was Empire Magazine did a kind of list of their favourite Ridley Scott films, and this one came up. So I thought okay. I'd give it a try. Um, yeah, it's... it's the, the title's weird. It's called Matchstick Men. There's a, there's a bit of a line, a line at one point where Nicolas Cage is saying, oh, we're con artists, we're hoodwinkers, we're matchstick men, as if this is a phrase that exists. Which I'm pretty sure it doesn't, um, but it's based on a book, so maybe maybe it does in the world of that book. Uh, Nicholas Cage is is good in this. Um, apart from there's there's a couple of scenes where he's kind of got to play. Uh, he's he's got kind of various mental issues like OCD and stuff, and he's taking medication mm-hmm. for it. And there's one scene where he doesn't have the medication, and he kind of goes full Nicholas Cage. Kind yeah, of yeah. Passes by stuff, and I think yeah. Okay, I, I I know you like to do this in all your films, but it's really off putting, and it it's a shame because <laughs> the rest of the rest of the film is pretty decent. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even need to know what what yeah. Nicholas Cage pretending to be like would look like. I can imagine why he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the same thing he does. I mean, yeah. he does, and for. The first scene of the film, he's got this nervous tick that he, he kind of abandons for most of it, which I'm quite pleased with. But um, yeah, I think if, if you've watched Hustle or, or uh, particularly Hustle, but kind of a lot of these con run type films, you'll see the twist coming a mile off. But, um, yeah. but yeah, it's a good one. It's good, to, well directed. It's not one of really Scott's all time greats, I think, but I'd, I'd say if it's uh, if you come across it, check it out. Yeah, cool. I'll do that. Right, we move on to our main segment. Okay. Mission, Mission Impossible. Impossible Fallout. Are we supposed to say this together? <laughs> I don't know. One, no, two. Can... No, no, no. You can't off my bit. I'll, I'll sing the theme tune, and you say the you say the uh, the, the the title. Okay, let's do that. Bum 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 bum. Mission Impossible Fallout. Bum bum bum. There you go. Uh, that yeah. works even even better than I. Thought. Definitely, you you have to make me a bit louder though. Okay, yeah, uh, when I'm editing it, um, maybe for every single film we review, I'll sing the theme. Tune. Yes, yes, let's do that. Or you can play on your recorder. <laughs> Don't have a recorder. I've got a flute. I can play it on the flute. Um, so I'm going to say right now, Colin, that the reason why I didn't see a film for to see or not to see. Oh yeah was because I saw Mission Impossible Fallout twice already. Ooh. That, is that because you loved it so much? Uh, well, I'm going to say right now, yeah, it was a really good film. Aha, <laughs> oh, brilliant. So we're going to talk uh, non-spoilers, then spoilers as we always do. Uh, but yeah, it was great, wasn't it? It was it's great time. Very, it's a very, <laughs> very good film. It's, uh, yeah, it's very, very good. So before we before we dig into this film, I thought it might be uh, interesting to talk a little bit about the franchise leading up to it, if that's all right. Okay, okay. If so I can remember much of it. Yeah, so this is the sixth Mission Impossible film. 
um, dating back 22 years. Uh, so, uh, I, first one, have you seen the first one? Yes, and yeah. I think the first one is the film that I remembered the most of out of the previous five. Oh, yeah. Yeah, only because like the the opening bit when his entire crew just died. Yeah, so it's a bit of a big twist. So I, I've only seen this once, and it was a while ago, so I, I probably remember it less than most of them. But um, yeah, Brian De Palma directed this one. It was uh, obviously based on a TV series, and he actually had Jim Phelps, who's the main character from the TV series, mm. uh, played by John Voight, if I remember right. But yeah, you're right, Emilio Estevez is in the team. I can't remember who else is. Is it um, Kristen Scott Thomas on the team? Oh, I can't remember, Colin. Like, it's, yeah. it's too long ago. I know, right. Uh, but yes, it's, it's, it was before Tom Cruise was really kind of an action guy, I think. Before mm. he did a few action things by then. But 1996, so he's still coming off a lot of dramas. Um, and he wasn't kind of Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise at that stage. I think it was probably the same year as Jerry Maguire. Mm. So he wasn't the kind of world's biggest action star or world's biggest movie star. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not as kind of out there as the later ones, is it? It's it's much more of a kind of more, more traditional spy thriller. It, it was, and to be fair, Mission Impossible was based on a TV series as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way back then, so they they had that to um, go by. <laughs> and, so spoilers for this one, but I, I know or angered a lot of people, including the original actors, because they made Jim Phelps kind of the bad guy. He was the, the mole, mm. um, and he was the the star of the or the, the lead character previously. Yes. Uh, so then we have Mission Impossible 2 directed by John Woo um, and this is where I will be scraping my mind yeah. <laughs> the back of my mind I can't remember anything about Mission Impossible 2 well, it's comfortably the worst one um, so he's got Tandy Newton I think the most famous bit which actually is, is a great scene is him rock climbing at the beginning ah uh, okay I remember that scene quite well and he yeah. threw his sunglasses away because the sunglasses was giving him that uh, mission yes yeah 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 but yeah it's all kind of slow motion and uh, doves and jumping with two guns all kind of John Woo trademarks uh, it's not good okay next uh, Mission Impossible 3 um, this is where he has a family life he's married to uh, Michelle Monaghan mm-hmm. um, Philip Seymour Hoffman is the villain and is outstanding in that role I think I think it's his best I actually watched this one again um, a couple of days ago directed by J.J. Abrams uh, and really kind of saved the series I think after the second one I've been very poorly received. Well, I think still got the most of the box of stuff. I could be wrong. But quite poorly received. And um, this one breathed new life into it, I think. Um, Kerry Russell's in it briefly. Mm. What was the most memorable scene, action scene of this one? We should go uh, by action scenes. Cause... We should have action scene. There's a bit where he's jumping between roofs. That was pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. What the, I said I only watched it the other day, but uh, I can't think. Hmm. The others, oh, I think, the, probably the biggest stunt was uh, so um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character's kind of been broken out of a van and this on a bridge gets blown up, and there's this thing scene where he's running and then gets blown sideways into a car. Oh um, yes, I remember that now. That's a memorable bit. Yeah, yeah, that's very memorable. I didn't do the memorable one from the second one, but I'm not sure the really. No. Oh, it's the rock climbing, isn't it? Yeah, um, that's a, that's the best yes. scene. <laughs> and the first one is probably running away from the exploding uh, glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we Mission Impossible Four, and this is I think where uh, Tom Cruise reckons it kind of really they got how Mission Impossible should work like really nailed it so and this one was Brad Bird mm-hmm. um, and well Burj Khalifa is the most memorable yeah this was where he climbed it up uh, climbed yeah. Burj Khalifa right and still to my mind the best Mission Impossible stunt I think um, he's running cool. around the outside of it he's climbing up it and he yeah, did this all himself uh, Jeremy Renner joins the cast uh, he did a couple um, Ving Rames, I should say is here for all of them but yeah, this is, it, it was, a, um, well, pretty much all of them, he kind of, they suspect that Ethan Hunt is the, is, is the mole and he has to go rogue to prove that he's not. That seems to happen in all of them. Um, or, or most when would they trust Ethan Hunt? Exactly. Like, finally, like, how, how much do I need to do? If I was Ethan, like, how much do come I on, need guys. to do? Like, yeah. come on, guys, seriously. How yeah. much, how many times do I need to save the world before you finally trust me? Yeah. Uh, Leia said those in this one, um, I can't remember the name of the, the, the other girl. Anyway, yeah, it's, I think possibly still the best one in the series, this one. Um, uh, Mission Impossible 5, the main stunt. Or five, Mission, Impossible f- five, Mission Impossible 4 is called Ghost Protocol. Mission Impossible 5 is Rogue Nation. It's the plane stunt. It's the plane stunt. He's on the side of the plane as it takes off. Yes. Which, great, great stunt. I think more than anything before it, clearly the script was written around the stunt. 
<laughs> so on the Burj Khalifa thing, you kind of see why he's doing it. This one is like clearly this has been all over the press, all over the pub, the the advertising, and it really felt like a really kind of unconvincing. Well, we need him to be there somehow. Let's write it so he's on the side of a plane. But it was great. Um, they introduced Rebecca Ferguson to the series. It was directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who's done a lot of stuff with Tom Cruise over the last decade or so. Mm. I can't remember much of that film either. Like, all the films kind of blend into one. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's probably fair. Sean Harris is the buddy. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I, I like this one. I think the, the kind of the team that I... Well, Simon Pegg, I should have said, joined in Mission Impossible 3 and has been in all of them since then. Yes. Uh, so I think five, not as good as four. Uh, maybe not as good even as good as three but still kind of kept kept it working well mm. which brings I'll... us on to Mission Impossible 6 Mission Impossible Fallout yes. so there's a, a lot more crossover with the previous film than we've had before so we have the same director the first time we've had a returning director Christopher mm-hmm. McQuarrie who I think apparently worked with an entirely different crew um, for this one and, and wanted to do it kind of unlike the way he'd done it before to make it feel like it was a new director yes and I just found out that Christopher McQuarrie also wrote um, The Mummy did he? Yes. So I was oh, like, yeah. wow. <laughs> I think I think he probably, because I think he was brought in to rewrite uh, 4. I think he's, he's worked on the script. Copies. I, I don't know if he did the original Mummy script. Maybe he did. But, um, yeah. I was saying, wow. Um, if, if I knew that he wrote The Mummy, I may not have come and seen this film. Yeah. But yeah, you, you've done well, Chris. Um, this was a, definitely a big step up from that. Yeah, because I think I say he's worked with Tom Cruise a lot, whether it's producing, I don't know if he's produced or, or rewriting scripts or a bit of directing. I think he might have directed American Made, but that might be Doug Lyman. Not sure. Yeah, so we've got Tom Cruise back, we've got Simon Pegg back, Ving Rames is around, Rebecca Ferguson has come back. Um, Everyone's back. Well, Jeremy Renner's not. No, um, not Jeremy Renner. And oh, <laughs> yeah, I had to mention this as well. I have to say that I have, I just realized that I have no idea what Rebecca Ferguson looks like. Okay. Because I, I knew that she was in the cast, and the first thing I saw, oh, she's the wife, isn't she? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Until the end credits that I realized, oh, <laughs> she isn't the wife. <laughs> Do you remember Rebecca Ferguson from uh, The Greatest Showman? Uh, yes, but <laughs> I don't recall her face. I've got to say, she does look quite a lot like Michelle Monaghan, um, who plays his wife, Julia. Uh, see, see, I, yeah. So I could. It's a very so, honest mistake. Yeah. So no, because she was in the previous one. And I, I when they, I think for the, when they brought the trailers out for the previous one, I was like, is that Michelle Monaghan? Um, which I think I don't know. If it's deliberate because there's a bit of a romantic frisk on with him and, uh, uh, and and Rebecca Ferguson. I'm wondering whether it's a kind of this is his type. Mm. Whether they're trying to play that, probably not. No. Uh, but she's a great character. I think she works really well um, with him. He's 56, Tom Cruise. It's insane, man. If I can do yeah. like a, a tenth of all the stunts he does at my age, I'd be yeah. very impressed. Yeah. So um, I say, let's talk non-spoilers. And if, I think they put too much out in the trailers beforehand. I, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't even watch all the scenes because they released a lot of like full scenes which I didn't watch. But even the trailers, I think they were showing stuff from the last couple of, well, the last reel. They were showing things that gave stuff away. Um, so we've got Henry Cavill who... I think we all knew going into this that he was kind of the antagonist. Well, we kind of knew right away when he handed the false phone to the director. Hmm. But even kind of because obviously, so this is fun because he had his moustache and he had to shave. The, yeah, they had to CGI well, out the moustache for Justice League. Oh. But all the news around that was saying Henry Cavill, who's playing the villain in the new. <laughs> and it's like, well, why did you tell us that? Because we don't find out until about halfway through the film. So sorry, I should have left out the spoilers really, but I think everyone knows it. Uh, yeah, yeah, everyone knows that. Yeah, I thought he was good though. Yeah, he's very uh, physical. I liked him a lot more in this than um, any of the Superman films, to be fair. Yeah, I don't think I've seen him in any other film. That's the thing. So I have nothing to compare with. I know you have seen him in. um, See, I love him in Man from Uncle. Yeah, he's great in that. And this is, I mean, this obviously the other side of the coin. But it's it's a spy film. He's kind of suave but deadly. It's the same kind of same kind of stuff. Mm. But Um, for me, this is my first film of him, Hmm. which is not from DC. And I, yeah, I think this is really good. So what do you think about him as a James Bond? Because I, I, after Man from Uncle, I thought he would make a great James Bond. I think it'll work though. He has a, hmm. he has a presence. See, I mean, the problem is I don't, I don't think they're going to give him James Bond if he's still Superman. Because I don't think they want him, they'd want him to be in both franchises. But that would be my guess. But um, I think he'd be great. I think hmm. he'd do really well. Me too. Uh, so yeah, he, he, he great fight scenes. He had um, we got uh, Michelle Monaghan back. 
Um, we'll probably talk more about that in spoilers. But yes, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So she, so she was his wife in three. Um, she, which I think she was great in that film. I love that that plot line. Um, she was also had a, a brief cameo at the end of four because in, in in four we're supposed to believe that she's dead, and it turns out that she's not. But they've kind of separated to keep her safe, effectively, or at least um, pretended she's dead. Uh, I really did like her relationship with Ethan. I yeah. thought the relationship yeah. works, and I thought the reconciliation works, and you know, th- there were some emotional bits in those, uh, and I thought yeah. it worked really well. And I really love that they bothered doing it because, as I say, it's a relationship I appreciated, and, and it's one I think if you look at James Bond or something, he's he's hooking up with a different woman every time. Well, actually, recently less so, but um, but I think if yeah, if you'd have Ethan Hunt pairing off with, and I think they're probably moving towards pairing him off with Rebecca Ferguson. Mm. So I can't. Is she Elsa? Elsa? Elsa, yeah. Yeah, but that would have felt really weird if it kind of said, "Oh, yeah, he's got a wife in the background somewhere." We're not going to talk about. So I'm, I love the fact that they said, "Okay, this we're three films later, but we're still going to kind of address this." Yeah, and kind of treat our characters honestly and, and appropriately. Yes, and it shows kind of more integrity and more care for the for the subplots of the characters than you might might expect from a kind of an action franchise. Yeah, I agree on that. Yeah. Um, should we talk stunts? Yes, I'm going to tell you my favorite one. Okay, go for it. It's the skydiving scene. Okay, the, so the halo jump. Yeah. The halo jump. And I saw it the second time. I didn't realize it in the first time run. When, in my second time watching it, it was filmed like it was done in one shot. It, it, apparently it was done in one shot, yeah. One entire camera shot. And that's so awesome to see that done in one yeah. camera shot. And it's... So, so the thing with this, so Tom Cruise does his own stunts. I think everyone knows that now. Yes. But if you didn't know that, this scene's not that great. I mean, it's good. It's still very good. But you think it could... Whereas knowing that he did it just makes you think, wow, this is incredible. It's insane. It's in my, my view. I thought... I, I was reading somewhere that he had to do it 106 times yeah. for to film that. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of dedication to get that right. It, I, I mean, I thought it was choreographed so well. Yeah. So, so well. It was, yeah, I've only seen it once, so uh, I, although I'm tempted to see it again, I must say. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it's weird because Henry Cavill didn't do the jump, I'm pretty sure. He's the mm. other guy in this. So they must have had to, like, um, the kind of CGI in his face at the beginning or whatever else. You know, I remember seeing the first, um, seeing the previous one, seeing uh, um, Rogue Nation, mm. and he's on the side of the plane. And every, all the advertising had been about Tom Cruise on the side of that plane. And yet, one of the people I saw it with, didn't know and, and almost didn't believe that that was really him. And you think you kind of almost ruined the scene because we've seen people on the sides of planes in films before. Yes. Loads of times. And no one cares. But you have to know it's him for it to work, really, which is a kind of almost a weakness. Mm. And this is probably why I think the best one ever is still Burj Khalifa because you can really, like, it's clearly not a CGI or stunt guy or anything. It's like him. It's after him. Probably yeah. doing Whereas the Halo jump, I thought, well, it looks good, but. So my favorite was the helicopters. Um, okay, yeah. So Tom Cruise learned to fly a helicopter for this film. <laughs> does, does the man not do? <laughs> like, what? What can he not do? Yeah. So he's only doing circling dives, and, and yeah, there's kind of him chasing after Henry Cavill's uh, helicopter, and well, he's, he starts off by having to climb a rope beneath it, and again, he falls down the rope, and he he really did that in the air. That's insane, though. It's like, mad. why, like? If if it was that if, if this was real life and I had to like choose between climbing up a rope to get a helicopter, yeah. I'd be like, Yeah uh, I'll just go with you guys until we land. Yeah. That's yeah. fine, I'll just sit oh. here on the I mean, road. I'm not sure I'm not sure in story why the thing they were carrying a big bundle of pillows or something or whatever it was. So that he can fall on it. But I'm not sure why why it was there in in the context of the film. Um but who cares? So I, so I didn't really feel this had a, a centerpiece stunt. So I guess those were the two centerpieces, if you can have two centerpieces. Um, but I, I mean, otherwise, the stunts are so, just things like the motorbike chase. Yes, everything else oh, was brilliant. Even, so good. Even the, his chase on uh, on foot yeah. in London. I thought that was so good. Incredible. <laughs> and the one through Paris. <sighs> and, can I not... I don't go to films to watch car chases. I don't watch Fast and Furious. It's not doesn't interest me at all, really. But these are done so well. And there's a long one where it's just no no, no dialogue, no music. It was just cars and bikes, mm. and it's it's executed so well. I know. Right? The camera um, work is awesome. 
Yeah. The choreography, and, action choreography is brilliant. Like, yeah, and, the, and kind of the geography of the scene that people talk about. So I've heard kind of this, you know, for good actions, you need to know where everyone is and yes. where they are in relation to each other and yes. what's going to happen. And we talked a while ago on the, on the solo podcast about, about the, the train heist. And, mm. and I kind of, my, my view, I think you shared it, was it, it wasn't great on the basis that you couldn't really tell what's why people were doing, what they were doing, what was happening, where where they were going. Where, it was just kind of like suddenly, oh, we need to do this. It's like, well, okay, but where are you in relation to where you were before? Why, where's the train going? Whereas this was so clear mm. all the time. And I think some of it very subtly... Done. Christopher McQuarrie has done these kind of action things before, I think, so he knows what he's doing. But no other action franchise thing is is doing these as, as well as this is. I, 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 yeah, I, you, I have to agree. Before I went into this film, I had, you know, some trepidation because, yeah. um, not, not because I didn't like the previous Mission Impossible films, it's just that I couldn't remember much of them. Yeah. They, they weren't very particularly memorable. But I was quite glad that you made me watch this film. Yeah. That's, that's so, all I can say. Long-term listeners may know that we have a, an arrangement where for I, what is it? Uh, I, one Tom Hanks film for every live-action Disney film, or something? one Tom Cruise film. <laughs> Sorry, Tom Cruise. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've forgotten the start of the film. Because um, I think there's briefing going to be for every Disney film until we realise that every Marvel and every Star Wars is a Disney yep. film. So I have to yes. change the rules a bit. Yes. Anyway, whatever the rule is, I get one Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Why is him? I don't know. Tom maybe maybe you actually do like Tom Hanks, not Tom Cruise. Yeah, I do like Tom Hanks as well. Actually. I get one Tom Cruise film per year, it seems. Um, and after the abysmal outing after, of The Mummy last year. Yeah, this is a bit of a return to form, isn't this it? Is, um, yeah, this is great. And in fact, so whilst Tom Cruise is still kind of a massive draw for something like this, it does seem, if you look at his box office, in fact, The Mummy did very well internationally, weirdly, but anyway... Um, I think it was his biggest opening weekend. Uh, wow. People flock to see Mission Impossible and don't really see other Tom Cruise stuff that much these days. Mm. So um, that's a shame. But it does. I guess The Mummy was, was was bad, but The Mummy, they're trying to make The Mummy into a mission film, really. Which was the problem. Yeah, and, and it, it could have worked if they'd done it well, but they, it was done by people who didn't really know what they are doing, I suppose. I mean, you, you compare the stunts in, in this to the stunts in The Mummy... And there's no comparison, is there? No. No, no. And they really seem to have honed the Mission Impossible way of it. This is quite similar in some ways to the previous couple, but just more so. Mm-hmm. This 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 was intense. This this film was, had me captivated from beginning to end. It was a long film. It's a very it's, very long it's film. Near, it's nearly two and a half hours, isn't it? Yeah, um, it, did, it didn't feel over long at all, which I no. thought I might. I've seen um, it twice, so that was five hours yeah. of my time. And <laughs> I mean, I just haven't been out for like three days or five days. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and genuinely suspenseful, particularly in that, that chase without the dialogue or music. It was kind of it, it was. genuinely suspenseful, yeah. I, I told my boss the first time after I saw it, like, the last act got yeah. me, got my heart pumping. Mm. Like, it, it was so thrilling. Like, like even though yeah, it was so so thrilling. Like I I don't think I felt like that in an action film in a while. No, and that last act alone just hmm. just made that film. Oh, that's so and good. All, and all the pieces. So Simon Pegg is obviously this is his fourth of these, and he's he's very good at at what he. I think he starts off as just a kind of a, a nerdly analyst, and now he's a slightly nerdy spy, I suppose. But um, yeah, Rebecca Ferguson we talked about it's it's outstanding in that role, I think. Yeah. Thing Rames is fine. He just does his thing. He's been in all of them, which is is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Sean Harris, the first f- first returning villain. Uh, I'd, if there's a weakness to this film, I think it's that the plot almost doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought <laughs> I had the same idea. Actually, yeah. I had the same thought. Like, because it, it, it felt more than anything as we've got like I don't know three or four huge action pieces. We've got a few smaller action pieces. How can we string? How can we put them together? Yes. And generally, that sounds like a huge criticism of film. And if it was a Fast and the Furious or a, I don't know, a Triple X or something, I, I think that would be kind of kill it. But they're so good, mm. and the, the characters are are well observed and kind of uh, yeah. So they're distinct. Are, they have yeah, their, yeah, yeah. They have their own characteristics. They're not like just another sidekick for the main hero. No. So I can kind of forgive that. I think yeah. I don't. The plot. I sometimes struggle a little bit to follow who was double crossing who, but it's fine. And I say there's there is good good intrigue, particularly with Rebecca Ferguson's character, because um, she you're never quite sure which side she's on. Yeah. 
shall we move to spoilers? Move to spoilers, 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 spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers. I've written here basically nothing to spoil. I mean, <laughs> once you know Henry Cavill's a baddie. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much the whole film. That's it. Uh, uh, I want to mention a few points, though. Oh, yeah. Which I, I, a few questions, actually. Okay. One question. One main question. You know that there was this big, there was a point when there was a big emotional talk between Luther and Elsa. When Luther was telling Elsa that, you know, you know, don't join this mission. Because Ethan doesn't need another person to worry about. Oh yeah. And yeah, the first yeah. thing she did after that was like, "Hey, then I'm joining your mission." Well, I think because he says she, he's only ever loved two women. Yeah. And one, one of Jude Anger, and the insinuation is the other one is her. I guess they kind of needed to finalize the Jude, like finalize the Julia storyline before they could have the romantic plot. But but I assume that in the background she's in love with him. Yeah, but I don't understand that though. Yeah. Like it was a very odd kind of like it's like they wanted to give Luther his moment to give a emotional yeah. speech but then they wanted her in the final act as well yeah. so oh yeah let's let's, uh, let's yeah let's. I mean in fairness I guess she maybe it should be more obvious that she was kind of saying no I I hear you but I'm not going to go that way I don't know but that what, didn't what? happen though <laughs> she didn't really say that no she didn't did she there's in fact there's quite there's some stuff cut from this film so there's in the first trailer for this was outstanding trailer almost better than the film actually um but it ends with kind of him in a helicopter about to hit a lorry and i watched that thinking how on earth are you going to get out of this this is great mm. that scene was cut from the film um <laughs> and, and christopher mccoy basically just saying yeah it didn't it didn't add to the plot uh so we took it up apparently on the dvd um the villains so so we've got sean harris and henry cavill if uh, this is a weakness of the film, is that they're, they're ridiculous? It's basically we want to destroy the world. Or, oh, well, it's been done before. It's been done many times. So I, I can't argue. I mean, it's every James Bond film, more or less, isn't it? But, yeah, this thing. Well, I mean, why would it's it's always that question, right? Why would anyone want to destroy the world? Yeah. No, and, no sane person would want to destroy the world. And it had this uh, kind of half-hearted. Uh, the the bigger the destruction, the greater the peace. And yeah. You can build them up, build up uh, a new world. And but yeah, it's never even slightly convincing. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, 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 it's always one of those things like, uh, even like, see all those comic book films when people need a motivation to destroy the earth. It's yeah. a bit odd. Why, why would you want to destroy earth? Or, yeah. It's, there, it, there's no reason to do that. Like, so, uh, so I like the, the characters, but the, the motivation was nothing. Um, and I say Philip Seymour Hoffman in the third one is, is I think by far the best villain I mean he's the best actor they've had as a villain and I think much more compelling mm. um, um, what's it the masks I love the I love the Mission Impossible masks they always fool me um, <laughs> oh but you, you surely saw the middle twist coming straight away right where, where Simon where they switched the different Simon, Simon. Peck yeah no, didn't I? Didn't I? I Did you not? That, I assumed that someone in that scene was having a mask, but I didn't. I didn't get that. What was oh, happening there? No. I I saw it immediately when they put the camera there. Uh, okay. So was, yeah, I, I there must be a reason there. why they have a camera fixed on that spot. Okay. For a while. Uh, yes, I should have seen that. Um, but the first one was Wolf Blitzer, the kind of newsreader. Yes. That was fun. <laughs> that, that was fun. Yeah. yeah I didn't, I did. I, there, were, there were two or three times where, so they had a shot, a shot of Ethan Hunt killing someone. They had a shot of killing a policeman. They had a, yeah, this thing saying all these holy sites have been blown up. Uh, and there's a kind of, there's another one I can't remember now, but I just kind of think, surely this hasn't happened. And then it turns out they were all kind of dream sequences, or they were um, fake fake outs. <laughs> that was the first one. Did kind of con me. I thought, have they really? Because they blew up the Vatican. They did, yeah. And uh, uh, previously. So in Mission Impossible uh, Four, oh, did I they? I forgot Vatican. about it. Yeah, so so there are kind of real world, not the Vatican, the Kremlin, I think. In one of them, one of them they attacked the Vatican, one of them attacked the Kremlin, and one of them actually properly did blow up. I think it was the Kremlin maybe blew up um, because I think in Four that was what they claimed Ethan Hunter blown up, which of course he hadn't. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I did wonder whether we, we, the audience, are supposed to wonder whether Hunt really was this John Lark baddie character. Because not for one second did I think he was. No, me neither. Did, did they I actually think, think so? Like, sure, sure. I'm not sure. sure. I don't think they were trying to get us to think sure, sure. I mean, uh, as we discussed before this, this, this plot point has been going on for a while now. Like, Every everyone time. thinks that, you know, Ethan Hunt will betray them. Yeah. And it just... Turns out he didn't. Yes, yeah. it's a... Imagine the end of this Mission Impossible series is that he was bad all this time. Well, that's the thing I think people hate about the first one is that 
or something to do with it because yeah Jim Phelps after all these TV series turned out oh yeah no he's a buddy so uh, should we talk Julia so I know we've talked it already but um, yes I, I love the I say I love the fact she was in I think she's a great actress as well mm. I think they work really well together and it, maybe it's a cop out but they're kind of this thing saying yeah they, they, they kept apart to keep us well in fact not just to keep us safe because they realised that if they were safe the world wasn't effectively which I think was interesting and then she's happily married to this doctor and I, again the trailers gave away too much because you could see that she was wearing this kind of health organization jumper so so when they were like why are we why on earth did we get this health camp i was like well why is it water water treatment or whatever it was well it's a good thing i haven't seen any trailers then okay yeah Cause, I, cause I, I, I knew that one yeah yeah i, I like when i liked it when uh, her character ethan uh, ethan hunt were together I yeah they were so good there's so much chemistry together they uh, have they work really well together mm. yeah yeah because um, she performed Miss Impossible 3 she hadn't done much I was reading a thing on, she on Instagram the kind of the story of how she got the role mm. uh, and she I don't she might have done Kiss Kiss Bang Bang by then but um, I'm not sure anyway so I, I think we've probably seen the last two but I think that was a really good farewell yeah me um, I... and this, this idea that the villain hates Ethan Hunt so much that he's deliberately going to kill his wife as part of this uh, destruction I thought was, was a good element uh, nice bit of rock climbing towards after the helicopter thing <laughs> r- r- reminded me of MI2 yeah uh, that was apparently uh, Tom Cruise's first day back after breaking his ankle uh, yeah after I break the day after I break my ankle uh, you'll see me just lying in bed Colin yeah. so I think everyone knows that Tom Cruise broke his ankle in one of the stunts so I really winced when they played that one I must admit because they used that footage um, he's crazy and I can't remember the exact things, but they said something like, oh, yeah, you're not going to be able to walk for, properly for 10 weeks or whatever else. And he was back running across set in six weeks. Or so. he's, he's crazy. He's crazy. He's, def- he's definitely going to die on Mission Impossible. Anyway, I, I'm delighted. That, would you, so would you say this is the best of the franchise that you remember? Yes, uh, because it's probably the most memorable one. And I enjoyed this tremendously. It's, it's a good film. Yeah, I think... So four has always been my favourite, but I think maybe just because it was such a surprise at the time. Because what, what, one had been, well, I hadn't seen one at that time. Three had been pretty good, but four was just such a huge jump forward. Mm. Um, so probably this this is better. Close. It's a tie. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a, the franchise is going so. I mean, it's a sixth. How many franchises are with a sixth film is probably the best, or, or certainly up there. I know, right? It's, yeah, yeah, crazy. There's not many of them. Maybe Fast and Furious. But, uh, yeah. Right. Uh, We're running out of time. Got left. Um, shall we? Shall we bump Simon Pegg to next time? Yeah, we can bump Simon Pegg. We've already talked a lot about him anyway this time around. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, time, there we go. So, yeah, um, in case you haven't figured it out, go and watch Mission Impossible 6. It's great. Uh, right. So we jump to the quiz then, which uh, is on 2010's live-action musicals. Yes. Uh, I am one up for the year so far, Zijan. Can mm-hmm. you pull it back? Let's find out. Which musical film featured the following songs? Shiksa Goddess, Moving Too Fast, and If I Didn't Believe in You. Shiksa Goddess, Moving Too Fast, If I Didn't Believe in You. I don't know. I'm going to say High School Musical 3. It's the last five years. Was it really? Yes. Yes, it's one of your favourite films, Colin. Well, it's, it's not one of my favourite films, but it's, it's, uh, I've seen it. I've seen the film and seen it on stage. And I don't remember any of those songs. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> How can you not know? Okay. I, I chose this because I know you've seen it. Fair enough. Um, question one for you. Which of Tom Cruise's co-stars from Mission Impossible Fallout also appeared alongside him in Rock of Ages? Ooh, that's a good question. Thank you. I'm hoping there's only one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Alec Baldwin. He's Alec Baldwin. Very good. Yeah. Uh, question two. Singer and songwriter Leona Lewis made her debut in which jukebox musical? I had no idea that she had. Um, there are not many jukebox musicals, though, that came out. No, but Leona Lewis in one of them. Uh, the, the only one I can think of is Mamma Mia, which I'm confident she wasn't in, but I've got nothing else, so Mamma Mia. Well, no, it's uh, Walking on Sunshine. They made a film with that, did they? Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, for which musical film did Brett McKenzie win the Academy Award for Best Original Song? Brett McKenzie? Ah, oh, I don't know that name. Best Original Song. Is it Sing Street? Uh, no, it's The Muppets. He's, um, he's one half oh. of Fl- Flight of the Concords. Oh, that's, oh, yes, yes, yes. That makes sense now. Yeah. Uh, question three is also to do with the Academy Awards. Uh, which two songs from La La Land were nominated for Best Song? 
It was City of Stars. Uh-huh. That one. Uh, what would be the other one? I don't think we audition. Um, I'm going to say Another Day of Sun. You'd say that it was audition. Was it really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, who directed The Greatest Showman? Uh, Michael Gracie. You like my question five, you're, Colin. You're much better at these director questions than you used to be. Well, <laughs> because you like my question five, Colin. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, question four. Who played the role of Miss Colin Hannigan in the 2014 remake of Annie? Um, was it Cameron Diaz? Yeah, that she's the antagonist. Um, question four for you. Chris Pine shares his initials with his character's credited name in Into the Woods. What was that name? <laughs> shares his what? Shares his initials, CP, basically. Uh, CP are also the initials of his character's name in this film, in Into the Woods. What? Is it Prince Charming? I, I said it was CP. <laughs> yeah, Charming Prince. Uh, it's actually Cinderella's Prince. Cinder. Oh, yes. Mm. That's right. Uh, question five is who directed The Greatest Showman? Michael Gracie. Mm-hmm. Right, we're at two all, Sujan, with one question to go, which is, still hurting, a summer in Ohio, and goodbye until tomorrow slash I could never rescue you are songs from which musical? The last five years. Very good. You've paid more attention. So I even looked at a list of songs from that film and still didn't uh, remember any of the ones. Are you serious? <laughs> but you, uh, there you go. So I've done very well. That's a 3-2 win for you, Zijan. Wait, and we are still tight. Pause the love for the year. What are we quizzing on next time, Rob? Well, I've said Mission Impossible, um, which I've talked a lot about. So uh, there you go. Mission Impossible is the next quiz. Oh, we have six films to... Six films, and we've talked about them at length uh, in this episode. So uh, yeah. next time. Uh, Zijan, what is our main topic for next time? Finally, is it Ant-Man and the Wasp, Colin? Yeah, finally, you're right. I think it's like the third time oh, yeah, you've said that's going to be the next one. Uh, great, I look forward to that. Bye.